Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back once again, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's not football, but kickball cards, if you will. We're going to carry our podcast all the way through the NCAA tournament March bet on a weekly basis, along with Victor King, Jim Feist with some timely tips, Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas for the Vegas Vibe. And by the way, to all of our listeners out there, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. And also, take the time to hit the subscribe button below and become a part of our team. I would greatly appreciate it if you do. Subscribe now to our Playbook Experts YouTube channel. And, Victor, with Super Bowl 57 now in the rearview mirror, like I said, it's time to hoop it up, and we're going to do just that on the ATS Podcasts. Before we do, Victor, let's hop into a little bit of a Super Bowl review, if we may. And I think for all intents and purposes, Everybody got their money's worth, whether they bet on the game or didn't. I think from a fan standpoint, it was one of the better Super Bowl games, if not one of the best we saw when it went 38-35. They went toe-to-toe in this football game. What was your take, Victor, on Super Bowl 57? Mark, before I get into my Super Bowl uh, thoughts, uh, let's talk about Tuesday at Playbook. It was a really, really nice day yesterday on Tuesday. Of course, we're recording the podcast on Wednesday afternoon, and a nice 2-0 and day on Tuesday between uh, yours truly and Mark Lawrence. For us, uh, our wheelhouse is NBA over-unders, and we had a selection yesterday in the NBA in the second half of the TNT doubleheader, and that was on over 228 points in the West Coast game between the LA Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. OU line was 228. Both teams combined for 258 in the game. The over ended up cashing by a nice, easy 30 points. We're pleased with that result. We got a little bit of uh, a measure of personal revenge in that particular game as we were on the Clippers over back on Friday night. I think I may even mention it in the podcast last week in their game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and we came up a couple of points shy in that one. But again, uh, we went right back to the Clippers at home over the total last night against the Golden State Warriors. A really nice 30-point win for our totals service. And let's not forget, Mark had a big play yesterday in college hoops. A three-star selection on the Providence Friars in Big East action. They were at home against Creighton yesterday. And... uh, I'm sure Mark's blood pressure was going up in that particular game because it took not one, but two overtimes, double overtime. Providence still comes away with a pretty convincing eight-point win at home, and it looks like they got their revenge from the earlier season meeting. I know Mark played that revenge angle yesterday. Not only did Providence cover the spread in the game, but Mark, I believe they're 14-0 and at home this year. Nicely done yesterday in the Big East Conference. Well, I appreciate that, Victor, very much. Thank you so much. And you mentioned Tuesday's 
It's now $10 Tuesdays at playbooksports.com. Your selections, my selections, all the playbook experts, 10 bucks a piece. And if you happen to pick up a $10 pick on Tuesdays, you could also pick up another selection for only $2. So it's $10 Tuesdays at playbooksports.com. Quite a bargain day. Remember that $10 Tuesdays and get an extra pick or two for an extra two bucks. So all in all, it was really a rather nice day at the playbooksports.com website. And you mentioned Creighton, Victor, here. Before we get into the hoops, we're going we're gonna to do a quick overview of the Super Bowl. But uh, that's, this Creighton basketball team really, really impresses me. Uh, I think they're going to be a real sleeper team to watch in the NCAA tournament. And I just bought a ticket on them to make the Final Four. Uh, that's how impressed I was with them. They've got a, a key player back in that lineup now. And they're hitting on all cylinders right now. They, like you mentioned, they took Providence right down to the wire and almost snapped that perfect home court win streak for them. So don't back away from the Blue Jays from this point moving forward here. They could be the team to beat in the Big East Conference this year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And what do you say, Victor? How about if we put a little recap on that Super Bowl, that 30, what was it, 38-35 showdown Quite an exciting Super Bowl. Like I said, they went toe-to-toe. And I think the stain on the game, Victor, might have been the call, the holding call that was made at the most inappropriate time for the call to be made. So the question is argued. You know the Eagles fans are furious, absolutely furious. And the Kansas City fans say it was deserving. You can argue this till the cows come home. Uh, uh, And I was a little bit upset myself with the call, myself as well sitting with the Philadelphia Eagle ticket in the game. But Tony Dungy, to me, kind of put it the best way I think it could possibly be put. And he said that you don't make a call because it's at a certain stage of the game. You make the call because a, uh, an infraction happened in the game. If a player had jumped off sides before that snap, do you not make that call because it's at that stage of the game? Of course you make that call if he jumps off sides at that stage of the game. Uh, and I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that also think that you don't make a call like that. LeBron James leading the charge and so forth and whatnot. What was your take, Victor, on that call? Well, you're right about that. At that stage of the game, it pretty much means that they're going to not try and score and just sit down and settle on the field goal. And, and I don't know about you, but I, one thing about this new NFL that I absolutely detest is at the end of a game when a defense is trying to let the other team score a touchdown, which is what Philadelphia did in that particular game. But yet you got an offense who is not trying to score a touchdown at the end of the game. And it pretty much screws with my head this new way of thinking in the NFL where a player falls down at the one-yard line I mean, the goal line is there for a reason, to try and score. So when you get a situation where a defense is trying to let the other team score and yet the offense does not want to get into the end zone, it screws with my head big time, Mark. Obviously, there were multiple themes in the game, storylines in the game. The fact that we had an inside-out stat result, right? It wasn't the victor of the game that had the yardage advantage. It was the loser of the game. It was Philadelphia that had the yardage advantage of 417 to 340. It was basically a tale of two halves as well, with what Philadelphia having a 24 to 14 first half advantage, while the Chiefs had a 24 to 11 second half advantage. Uh, Kansas City basically had to play a 
perfect second half to win the game, and they did, scoring on all four of their offensive possessions in the second half, touchdown, 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 and field goal, although they could have scored a touchdown if they wanted to in that last possession as well. But for Mark, for me, Mark, in addition to that uh, untimely penalty at the very, very end of the game, to me, the biggest storyline was a nasty field conditions in the game. And that had an impact, if you ask me, on the side and on the total. You know, the grass that was used in State Farm Stadium during Super Bowl 57, uh, it took nearly two years to prepare that grass surface. It cost more than $800,000, but it was certainly marked not without faults. The playing conditions were less than pretty in the game. Both teams struggled to get traction on that surface and slipped many, many times. Uh, there are stories now that at least a half a dozen Eagle players had to switch cleats in the first half in an attempt to get a better grip on the playing surface, including quarterback Jalen Hurts. And then, Mark, it did not help that the halftime show performers basically tore up the field as well pretty bad, uh, resulting in an even choppier and slipperier second half in that particular game. Multiple Eagles players said it was pretty much like playing on a very, very slippery surface like a water park. But if you ask me, that surface resulted in the game going over the total. It resulted in one of the highest Super Bowls of all time. And again, uh, most of the Philadelphia team was not impressed by that playing surface at State Farm Stadium. No, they certainly weren't, Victor. It was almost like pampered grass, if you will. It was too, uh, it was nurtured too much, too well. Uh, all that money spent for something like that. And the groundskeeper who did that, he's the guru of all NFL groundskeepers. Uh, nobody expected to see that nonetheless. And you can rest assured the NFL is going to address halftime shows in the National Football Leagues about whether or not the people that are performing are affecting the playing surface because it did matter in the Super Bowl game. And it got a lot of bad publicity because of that. But I have to tip my hat to Kansas City for what they did. You mentioned only the second team in Super Bowl history to score in every second half possession to do that. They were next to just perfect in the second half of the football game uh, to the point where uh, going into the game that you had a team here that in Super Bowl history, after leading the league in passing yards, as Patrick Mahomes had done, no quarterback had ever won a Super Bowl. 56 times, nobody had done it. Patrick Mahomes now has done just that. And you also have here a team that entered the Super Bowl coming off back-to-back -back wins, a combined total of 55 points or more. Those teams are 14-1 and one straight up and against the spread. They're now 14-2. and two. Uh, That's how, how much the apple turned against the Philadelphia Eagles in this particular football game. But I will say this. They can blame only themselves. They had a celebrated defense that was ranked number one overall, led the league in sacks. In that game, they had zero sacks, zero interceptions, and they forced zero turnovers in the football game. Look in the mirror, Eagle defense. You didn't do your job, and you opened the door for Patrick Mahomes, and that's exactly what they got. I guess, I guess the bottom line is arguably the better team won that football game. Your thought, Victor? Well, one more, uh, and, you know, we hate watching a game that comes down to one play at the very end of the game. And again, we're talking about the penalty. But there was also one more play in the game that, to me, 
I think basically, again, decided the side and the total. And if you look at early in the second quarter, right after Philadelphia threw that 45-yard touchdown pass, Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown to take a 14-7 lead very, very early in the second quarter, Kansas City got the ball next, and Philadelphia held them to a punt. Kansas City punted. So now it's 14-7 to Philadelphia with about, uh, what, 11 minutes to go in the second quarter, and they have the ball. If they score on this drive, they're about to go up 21-7. to They did not do that. However, as we know, Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball. He kicked the ball, and the Chiefs recovered the fumble. Not only did they recover the fumble, but it resulted in a scoop and score for the Kansas City defensive touchdown. All of a sudden, you get to a scenario where it could have been a 24-7 halftime lead. Now the game's 14-7. It's Katie bar the door. The points are coming. But if you ask me, that is another play in the game that uh, very much could have determined the outcome and particularly the over-under outcome. I concur, Victor. I think that was the turning point of the football game, that Jalen Hurts fumble and what led up to it. What yeah. didn't happen before that, you mentioned that the floodgates could have opened for Philadelphia in the game. And for someone who played Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith to win the MVP, yours truly, <laughs> I thought we were looking pretty good there. Devontae Smith looked like he was going to have himself a monster yeah. game. Jalen Hurts did have a monster game, but you got to win the football game, guys, if you're going to want to cash those MVP tickets. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go Philadelphia's way. So sorry, friends in Philly. Perhaps maybe next year, but again, I think the better team won that football game, at least on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. Normally, we would have Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas for the Vegas Vibe. And on the new basketball segment moving forward, we're going to do a roundtable with Victor, Andy, and myself and discuss a topic of the day. Andy's not going to be able to join us on the show to do that just this week. So Victor and I will take care of that. But before we get there, Victor, there's a pretty good-looking game in college basketball on Saturday, which uh, we're going to call our featured college basketball play of the week on the show this week. And it takes place in the West Coast Conference, where St. Mary's, who is flying mighty high these days, 22-5, and five, uh, number seven overall in the Ken Palm, Ken Palm ratings here, they're going to host BYU in what could be a trap game for St. Mary's on Saturday. How do you see this game shaking out there? Mark, this should be a fun game. And again, we're not doing an NBA game uh, today because, hey, it's the All-Star break. Right. Uh, there are only uh, three games on Thursday in the NBA. With that said, before I get into my handicap of this West Coast Conference game, let's not forget about the NBA All-Star game and, Mark, how high scoring it has been lately. In fact, the last four years, the NBA All-Star Game, 323 points, 320, 312, and 342. That's an average of 324.2 has been the average in the All-Star Game over the last four years. Let that be your benchmark when the over-under line comes out this particular weekend. Not only is the All-Star Game on Sunday, of course, we've got the uh, three-point contest, the skills uh, uh, challenge. And the slam dunk contest as well. And for me, I love that three-point contest. you got a great slate of players, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, uh, our boy down here in South Florida, Tyler Hero, will be in that game. 
uh, Halliburton from the Pacers, Buddy Hill of the Pacers, uh, Anthony Simons of the Trailblazers, and finally Laurie Markkanen of the Utah Jazz. So there'll be some fun pro basketball things to definitely wager on this particular weekend. But Mark, we're as you mentioned, we're covering a college basketball game this week. It is a good one in the West Coast Conference. I don't know about you, but it's kind of surprising not to see Gonzaga as the clear-cut leader of this conference. Both, of course, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, the Gales, are 21-5 and straight up on the season. But, of course, St. Mary's has the best conference record at 11-1, and with Gonzaga right behind at 10-2. and Either way, it's a little bit strange, but it shows you how powerful and how good this St. Mary's team really is. Number 17th ranked in the country, even higher in the Ken Palm rankings. They're the seventh best program in the country in the Ken Pomeray rankings as well. Uh, also, Mark, both of these teams, let's not forget, have a Thursday game on tap. That's tomorrow night before they play each other on Saturday night. Uh, BYU will be hosting Santa Clara on Thursday while St. Mary's will travel to San Diego to take on the Toreros. So with that said, of the stats that we're mentioning in this game, let's remember that all these numbers are before each team plays those respective Thursday games. And BYU and St. Mary's, Mark, they played each other, oh, just about two weeks ago. It was on January 28th in Provo, Utah, the over Underline was 129 and a half in that particular game. Both teams shot 43 or less percent in the game. The final score is St. Mary's 57, BYU 56. The under ended up hitting by six points in that particular game. And again, uh, as we record the podcast on Wednesday, we're not quite privy to weekend NCAA lines as of yet. But with that said, I am anticipating an over-underline again in the low 130s for this particular rematch. And on the season, let's check out each team. BYU, they're both pretty much middle of the road when it comes to over-under results. BYU, 13 and 13 over-under on the season, 145.4 combined points per game for BYU. Now, they've gone 4-9 and over-under at home. But they have gone five and three over under on the road, slightly more overs than unders. And in fact, their road games are averaging 146.3 on the season. They're about five points uh, higher than their um, home games. For the Cougars, they started out the year five and two over under in their first seven games. They then went on a run of two and nine over under in their next 11 games. And then finally, in their last eight games, recently, the last three weeks, the Cougars looking pretty sharp on offense, have gone 6-2 and two over under in their last eight games. The offense is coming alive. They're averaging 155.0 in that eight-game stretch. And that is about 10 points higher than their year-to-date seasonal averages for BYU. Six and nine over under as favorites for the Cougars, however... Seven and three to the over as dogs, including a perfect four and zero to the over as road dogs this year for BYU. One hundred and sixty point three combined points per game. 
that's pretty much a clincher for me. And yeah, we are definitely leaning over in this particular game. Now, I understand St. Mary's has got a phenomenal defense. Number four defensive team in all college basketball this year. Like their counterparts, they are pretty much middle of the road over under team 12 and 14 over under 131.0 combined points per game. They've gone six and nine over under at home, three and three on the road. Six and eight OU in non-conference play. Again, a middle of the road, six and six in conference play. But what is going to pull the trigger for me, Mark, is the fact that overbetter should feel encouraged by St. Mary's most recent stats. They come into this game, or they come into Thursday's game, on a 3-0 and over-under run in their last three games. All three went over the total, an average of 148.3. That's 17 points per game higher than their year-to-date averages. So they're slipping a little on defense and playing a good offense. Uh, Mark, based on each team's recent form, I like the value of the over for the Saturday rematch. We'll make our cutoff line right around 135.0. Anything lower than that, and we'll be going over the total. BYU, St. Mary's, a great revenge rematch in the Big West, uh, West Coast Conference this week. Victor takes advantage of the low total. It goes over in the St. Mary-BYU matchup this Saturday. Check out the number when you make your play here in the basketball game, but it should be just about in the range Victor mentioned. Before I get to my analysis on the game here, I, I sort of jumped past everything, Victor. We're doing like two templates of our of our new podcast here. Our regular one and our producer, Greg De Palma also put up a basketball template. I was supposed to say, Greg, let's switch over to basketball. I assume <laughs> he probably did, but... We will so. We hope so, but nonetheless, if you have a different look, guys, it's because of Greg and the great job that he does do. Let's take a look at uh, the side of, of this basketball game here. First of all, for the invaders of the Cougars of BYU, they were nipped 57-56 earlier this year at home against St. Mary's uh, in a basketball game, a rare one-point loss. And the reason I mention that is within this – when BYU plays – like basketball game, and they have exactly one point same season loss revenge. They're a perfect four and O to the spread to avenge that tiny little one point loss. They've also cashed five straight tickets in a row in the series against St. Mary's. And they're going to dress up here as maybe a double digit underdog in this game on Saturday, probably a double digit dog. The reason I'm calling that out is the fact that the last six times that BYU has taken more than three points in the game, you can cash up six straight winning tickets for them. This is a team in BYU, Victor, that's 16-12 and 12 on the year, sort of sitting on that bubble, if you will, that NCAA tournament bubble. They're number 81 in the Ken Palm ratings. So this game would mean a lot to them with a the big notch in their belt where they're able to extract this revenge from St. Mary's. St. Mary's 11-1, as Victor mentioned, sitting atop the West Coast Conference. They rank number seven overall in the Ken Palm ratings. Ken Palm really likes this basketball team and for a lot of good reasons. Another factor, I'm going to look at BYU in the game. Who's on deck for St. Mary's, you ask? That would be Gonzaga. Mm. Okay, their biggest game of the season on deck here for right. St. Mary's coming in here. When they've been at home in game before taking on Gonzaga, St. Mary's is 8-18 eight and 18 against the spread in situations just what they'll be in on Saturday, including 4-14 four and 14 if that team they're playing is playing with a revenge chip on their shoulder here. You look at BYU here, I mentioned they're going to be on the bubble here at 16-12, and 12 at, at least at the record going into the weekend. They've played five 
quad one teams. They've only got one win thus far this season here. That win was over Creighton, who I talked about earlier on in the show, who I think is a very, very good hidden uh, basketball team. You may want to watch moving forward. But that one win was against Creighton here. This would be an important bullet in their holster for BYU. I'm going to grab them plus the double digits for my side in this basketball game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And where we would normally be hopping out to Vegas now and joining our good friend Andy Isco, who will be joining us next week. We had some technical difficulties getting Andy on board for this show this particular week. We're going to be sharing with you each week a daily topic that we're going to be hitting on. We'll be roundtabling round with that particular topic. And our topic this week is going to be the fact that the true blue bloods in the world of college basketball, the blue bloods, the four blue bloods, are in a world of trouble going into this season here, coming March Madness tournament time. It's only 26 days we're doing the show on Wednesday until the selection show begins, and these four blue bloods, namely Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Duke, like I mentioned, they're in a world of hurt. If you add up everything that they've done so far this season here, they are only 15 and 28 in their quad one games. Breaking it down, Kansas leads the pack as we would normally assume they would. They've, they're 11 and 6 in their quad win games, but they have not been impressive this basketball season. They're losing a lot of games that perhaps they should be winning. I've never seen them tripped up as many times as a favorite as they are so far this basketball season here. North Carolina, the runner up in the NCAA tournament last year, number one in the preseason rankings coming into the season, has taken a nine quad one opponents. They are 0-9 in those basketball games. They haven't won a game yet against a quad one opponent here. That doesn't hold water for the committee when it comes to putting him in the NCAA tournament. You've got Kentucky, the number four preseason team in the country here. They're 16-9. They're on a bubble right now, deservedly so. They're only 7-5 in the Southeast Conference. Their quad one record in the net rankings, 1-7. And then there's Duke, number seven overall in the preseason rankings. No coach Shashevsky this year, and uh, I gotta say that I don't miss having to spell Shashevsky. <laughs> <laughs> we do the basketball newsletter. Although Victor, I did learn a key little thing for remembering how to spell Shashevsky. Okay, and it stuck with me. And if you spell it out, it's Crazy Zuski, K R K R Z Y Z E W S K R. Crazy Zuski is Mike Shashevsky, but I don't have to remember that anymore because he's retired now. And John Shear has taken over for that Duke basketball program. And he's become the first ACC head coach to begin his career with 13 straight home wins. So they're getting the job done at home are the Duke Blue Devils here, but they're only three and seven in those quad one wins. So, Victor, that's sort of my take on, I think, how I see the Blue Bloods being in trouble. What's your take on their status coming into this weekend? Yeah, right you are, Mark. Now, you mentioned each team's preseason rankings, and the heck, three of them were – Ranked in the top 10, like you mentioned. Yes. I would even consider a team like uh, Villanova semi-blue blood myself. Yes. And they were ranked 16th as well. Today, only, like, you know, number five Kansas even has top 20 title odds, let alone a top 25 AP ranking. Uh, the, the Tar Heels, who were my pick to win it all, lost Monday for the fourth time in their last five games. And to our Hurricanes down here, who are in the rankings and having a really nice ACC season for Miami as well. We're proud of them. And it's like you say, college basketball has kind of been uh, flipped on its head. I mean, so much so that the 
best basketball team in the Tar Heel State is actually NC State. Yes, North Carolina State is the number 23 team. Not only that, but you got a football powerhouse. That's the number one team in the country, Alabama, for the first <laughs> time in 20 years. Of course, you mentioned Gonzaga as well. They've already matched their highest loss total in, what, seven seasons since 16-17 season with five games left on the schedule as well. So, I mean, none of North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky or even, you know, Villanova even received a vote in the latest rankings. And, you know, basically nothing about it is a fluke. You mentioned the retirements, Roy Williams, Coach K, Jay Wright of Villanova, and that leads to a newer era in college basketball. With that said, Mark, I think the old guard can certainly bounce back maybe even as early as late this season. Uh, obviously, that uh, uh, we had teams that recruit still very, very well. But, of course, you know, what's happening, Mark? It kind of opens up the season for other teams to make some noise. And right now, the schools with the top three betting odds to win this year's title, uh, according to DraftKings, are all programs that have never won it before. Houston Cougars at 7-1 odds. Purdue at 9-1 odds. And finally, Alabama at 91 odds. But it definitely sets the stage for us to hear from some schools that, again, have never won the NCAA title. Good points, Victor. Uh, I like the points about the new coaches and those teams struggling uh, this year with those first-year coaches as well. Bottom line to this whole conversation is there is no true elite number one team in the world of college basketball this season here, which kind of opens things up for the NC March Madness. Anything can happen there. And again, I'm going to not beat a dead horse to uh, drum a dead horse to death, but keep an eye on some of those mid-majors guys because this could be the year for the, a mid-major to end up cutting down those nets in the NCAA basketball tournament. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, and our good friend Jim Feist in Las Vegas has some wise words on the NBA with the All-Star Game tipping off this weekend. Let's listen to what Jim has to say on the show this week. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to do a spot today on the NBA. Almost never talk about the NBA. Don't bet it much during the regular season, but I do bet it a lot in the playoffs, which is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think what turned me off of the NBA over the years is the load management. And what is that crap? You know, rest days. I, I'm maybe too old school. I remember guys who would actually play every day, especially if you're getting paid $40, $50 million a year, even $20 million. It ain't bad salary, you know. You could go out there and work for a few hours. But anyway, that's today. Everything has changed. I'm looking at the uh, – we just had a lot of trades. I mean, you got Kyrie gone, Durant gone. You got other play, other teams made some moves. I'm looking at the East – right now, and I can pretty well tell you, barring any major injuries coming down the pike, I look for the Bucks and the Celtics to be in the Eastern Final. Those two teams, one will go on to play for the championship. In the West, I really see the Warriors coming back to be in the championship for the West. 
Now, why I say this, I mean, they have, of course, Curry, Thompson, Durant, but they got Poole and they got Kamanga and, you know, they got Peyton, who will be healthy by the time the playoffs start. This team knows how to play defense. Their motion offense is difficult to defend. They've got it all together and they got all the chemistry and a hell of a head coach. Now, the rest of the West is difficult because now we have some big players that have moved in and who is going to capture the chemistry to play well together for a five, seven game series to get to a championship game. Naturally, you're gonna look at KD because of who he is and the team he went to, which had talent anyway. Who knows what Kyrie will do uh, he's still looking for a flat planet Earth. But uh, eventually him and Luca will figure it out as to who's going to take the last shot. It's going to be an interesting NBA season. I'm making a future bet on the Warriors to win the West. And I feel the Bucks have an edge over the Celtics to win the East. So that's what I'm talking about today. Now, going forward in this spot... What I would like to do, and of course it's up to Mark and his staff, I'm going to focus on the conference tournaments in college hoops, and I'm going to be doing that beginning today, studying on each conference as to who they're going to move forward to. This in March Madness is the greatest time of the year when you talk about extended periods of time. Yes, the in, in NFL playoffs are awesome as well but not to the magnitude that March Madness is. And uh, you can tell that by the room occupancy in Las Vegas, which fills up for like five weeks. So it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And thank again, Mark, uh, for inviting me to do this. And I'll, I hope everybody, win or lose, had a good uh, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Had a good uh, Super Bowl Sunday even if you didn't win, the game was exciting. Yes, there were some bad calls, but there's bad calls every week. And there's bad calls on both sides. So, win or lose, it was exciting. And uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City did themselves proud. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Jim. Good advice indeed. And enjoy that all-star game, if you will. If you enjoyed Jim's advice on the show. You're going to love his hot hand on tap at playbooksports.com and all the videos that Jim Feist does. Check it out on his homepage, Jim Feist at playbooksports.com. Just a quick note before I hand it over to Victor. Victor's going to close things out with his complimentary play on the show this week and an NBA play. Uh, I want to remind our listeners out there that our coffee club is over for the season. That was everybody that subscribed to our playbook football newsletter for the season. The free bonus you got was the Coffee Club daily through the Super Bowl. And we got a lot of, more than we've ever had, positive response from our Coffee Club this season. Here. And a lot of people really enjoyed it. Well, with the season now in the rearview mirror, so too is the Coffee Club over for the Playbook Newsletter football subscribers. But there's good news, guys. If you subscribe to the 2023 Playbook football newsletter now through the Super Bowl next year, We'll keep your name on the coffee club list today and extend your coffee club subscription all the way through next Super Bowl. So you'll be getting the coffee club daily from the day you sign up through next Super Bowl. If you enjoy the coffee club, you want to take advantage of that. And better, best of all, 
there's still a price freeze in effect for the 2023 Playbook Football Newsletter. It was supposed to end on Valentine's Day. I convinced Colleen, my sweetheart wife, to extend this to the end of February. And being the sweetheart that she is, she agreed to do so. So what we're going to do is we're going to extend the price. We froze last year's subscription price at $129 for the football newsletter. That will be in place until the end of February, February 28th. Do it now. Subscribe. Save the big bucks. You'll also get copies of our printed Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine and the digital copy, both of them, and the Daily Coffee Club through the Super Bowl. Check it out. Take advantage now online for everything at playbooksports.com. And while you're there, be sure to download a copy of our weekly Playbook Basketball Newsletter. We'll be doing that now through March Madness. And if you subscribe to the Basketball Newsletter, you'll also get free copies of our 2023 March Madness and Sweet 16 Tournament Guides. That's the big, big plugs that are coming from Playbook. Take advantage of that price freeze guide and keep the coffee club coming in your e-letter voicemail or your email box from now until the Super Bowl next year. With that, I'm going to hand over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap for his complimentary call. Victor, I know our audience would love to hear what you've got on tap. Absolutely, Mark. Before we get to our free plug, and I want to uh, say hello to uh, my brother Kurt, his wife Carrie. They've been down here now for about 10 days, enjoying their little Super Bowl vacationing uh, with uh, Carrie and myself here. They just wrapped up their bike ride from um, Key Largo all the way to Key West and back as avid bike riders. They absolutely enjoyed that very, very much. And we're very much looking forward to a dinner reservation this evening on Wednesday as Mark and his wife Colleen are taking us four out to one of our favorite German restaurants on Wednesday night. And Mark, I know we're a couple of hours before then, but I already passed on lunch today and I'm licking my chops for that good German food. Uh, the only place that compares to the Vienna Cafe is probably my mom Olga's German food cooking. But we are really, really looking forward to that this evening. I hope you are, too. I'm looking forward to it tremendously, Victor. I do love their Wiener schnitzel. Yeah. i got to tell you that. And I'm sure you like the entire menu. So looking forward to some good eats tonight for sure. Right, Mark. Let's not forget our Playbook Basketball newsletter. This publication is taking center stage now, of course, with uh, football done. Uh, it's our first football-less weekend in almost six months. But this is issue number six, the one that came out last Friday. Each newsletter covers the games from a Saturday to Friday period. Issue number seven will be out on Friday. And again, it will pick up with Saturday's games in college basketball. We'll probably have a little bit as far as the NBA All-Star game as well. So again, don't forget the playbook basketball newsletter. And while we're at it, Mark, we're going to throw it a free play. If you watch the podcast on Wednesday or on Thursday, then this free play will apply to you. And on the Thursday night NBA schedule, it's the final three games before the All-Star break. The Bucks are taking on the Bulls. The Wizards are taking on the Timberwolves. And the Clippers are taking on the Phoenix Suns. And, Mark, we're going to be going under the total for our free play in that non-conference affair. Washington Wizards against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've already set a line in that particular game. I'm showing Minnesota's favor by about four in that non-conference affair. Over underlying 235.5 to 236. 
And we're going to be going under in that non-conference game to wrap up the first half as we play in a database situation that's gone under the total 88% of the time over the last four seasons. What we're doing is first off looking at the rest situation. Minnesota's last game was back on Monday against Dallas. Um, Washington's last game as they wrap up this West Coast road trip was the, the uh, Tuesday night affair against the Portland Trailblazers. So we got a 2-1 rest situation for the host Timberwolves game. And again, here you go out of the database. 4-28 and 28 over under in the last four years. That's only four overs and 28 unders. Home favorites in the NBA of three or more points in a two-and-one rest situation when the over-under line is on the high side of 233 or more. Again, these games have gone 4-28. and 28. Tomorrow night's Thursday game, Washington versus Minnesota, is a qualifier with a high over-under line. We're going to wrap up the first half of the All-Star break by going under. We're going to follow that 4-28 and 28 over-under situation and play the Wizards and Timberwolves under the total. And as always the case, Mark, all of our um, NBA over-under selections available at playbooksports.com. Let's keep it going in pro basketball. Mark, you keep it going in college basketball. I'm sure you have a big weekend planned as well. I have a big weekend planned as well this weekend. Victor, you can check it out at playbooksports.com. And while you're there, I mentioned the Playbook Weekly Basketball Newsletter. Victor does a terrific job with doing the NBA page. It's a day-by-day look at the NBA, and Victor follows all the trends, whether they're against the spread, over, under, power ratings. It's all part of a great basketball newsletter. Check that out at playbooksports.com. And while you do that, before we check out here, our friends over at mybookie.ag are once again offering you a welcome bonus. Simply log on at mybookie.ag, enter the promo code PLAYBOOK, and take advantage of your share of a welcome bonus from my friends at mybookie.ag. That's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Looking forward to that dinner tonight, Victor. And until next week when Andy Isco is back in the fold and joining us, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.